Garanguni. We don't have Garanguni call. We don't have Garanguni call. Garanguni, Shubo, Zuasako. Welcome to the Skills Future Let's Chat podcast. Thank you for tuning in. I'm your host, Matilda De Silva. Now, today's topic is interesting. I'm sure we've all heard this phrase, if you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. So we'll be discussing and sharing our thoughts on the truth behind this statement that we've always heard. We've invited special guests, Bian and Brian, who've taken somewhat unconventional career paths. Welcome to the show, Bian and Brian. Thank you. Thank you. So before um, we find out a bit about what you do, can we get you to guess what the other is doing? So, Well, Brian, never met you before, but gosh, you knew how to, you know, the setup with the mics and stuff. So I was guessing something with entertainment or media. Nice guess. Very good one, Bian. How about you, Brian? What do you think Bian does for a living? I think he gives off like the lecturer vibe. <laughs> like he's definitely hashtag into... Hashtag PhD, hashtag doctorate. Yeah. yeah, into like education. Learned educator. Yeah. If Bian is really a lecturer, you want to guess what area or scope of uh, study does he teach? I think potentially finance. Finance. Yeah, he does <gasps> oh. have the look for that. Mm. <laughs> Lecturer in finance, very interesting. Wow, do I look that rich? <laughs> yes, you got yes. you got the you know that that visage. Mm. Yeah, I'm I'm intrigued now. So, gentlemen, could you tell us what you really do? My name is Brian. I am actually a garanguni, and I do own a disposal service for bulky items and general waste. <gasps> Brian, I wouldn't have guessed. How about you, Bian? I'm a botanist, and I do teach actually. Oh. Wonderful. Yes, but not finance, unfortunately. But only if money grew on trees, then yes. <laughs> you do. Sometimes they do. <laughs> Can you share with us how did you get started? How did you first get your foot in the door in this industry? Maybe I start with you, Bien. Well, started very young. My dad had a dragon jar, you know, glazed and there were fish in it. Plants growing on top. And he would pull the plants aside and feed the fish. And every morning the fish would come up waiting to be fed. And it was uh, just a beautiful, peaceful, calming ritual that my dad had. And so I grew to love fish and snakes and prawns and crabs and everything. Uh, one of the pivotal points was my dad had uh, some work in Japan. So he took the family there and we had a vacation. And I was looking at the plants and the landscape and the maples and this and that. And it's like, wow, they're beautiful. And looking back now... This was when you were a child, was it? A teenager. Later, teenager, yeah. So in retrospect now thinking, I feel that the plants were actually calling me. Hmm. We want to work with you, kind of, that kind of a Go vibe. Go get a degree in this area ah, so that like, you, know, you, yeah. you can work with us. So nice. these kind of things that pushed me into... But there was just this love for nature anyway, so it wasn't difficult. Oh, lovely. That's, that's a beautiful story. How about you, Brian? I first got into the industry was purely accidental because after I graduated, I wasn't able to secure like a job. So uh, I actually spent almost a year doing nothing at home. And my dad was like, you know what, you should at least try to help out and, you know, try to contribute. Over the years, I think it's really about finding the things that you love within the job that you are given. And also for me, it's learning that there's so much more to recycling. And there's also a lot of things that you can work on to try and contribute towards like sustainability. This is intriguing. Like uh, in some ways, your family or your family environment also helped to shape the career path that you are in. One of the things that I'm gathering from both of you is that both of you love what you do. I know I do. So, in your opinion, 
How important is it to love what you do? Brian, share your love for Karanguni. My love for Karanguni, <laughs> here I come. So I do feel that there is importance in doing what you love. But sometimes when you start out in a particular industry, you might not have like, liked it very much. For me, being in the industry for almost nine years, basically just try to find things that you like about your job for me which is being able to spend time with my family and also like building a good solid relationship with all the ganguni uncles and aunties oh fantastic bian how important is it for you to love what you do it is important but i also understand that for many people it's not possible and it's not their reality and I think sometimes it is unreasonable to assume that you just have to follow your passion all the time and you know come hell or high water and it's not realistic so my take on it is loving how you do your work oh, not I the think, what but the how not the what but the how and how you interact with society how you interact with other people like with Brian you know the, the Karonguni aunties and uncles it's your community that's important being fulfilled in contributing to that community I think that's important and that helps you to love what you do. Oh, that's beautiful. I love that idea of loving the how, not the what. You want to share with us what your process and your journey is like because being a botanist, there's a lot that you need to absorb just within like the amount of flora and fauna in, in Asia. How do you go about doing that? Slowly. <laughs> okay, I started in the library, in Singapore Library. I found these books by E.J. Corner. He was the assistant director of the Botanic Gardens during the Japanese time during the 1930s. He wrote these books called Wayside Trees of Malaya, Volumes 1 and 2. Taught me all my basic botany. So I wanted to study horticulture. In Singapore, there was no degree program at that time. And my parents had the wherewithal and the wisdom to say, go ahead, we'll pay for you. And I was very fortunate, so I went to the U.S. to study. Had internships and then studied some more. And It sounds like you're just uh, absorbed, like a sponge, just absorbing and absorbing more knowledge. What's the turning point in your careers? Like, I'm sure, you know, you had a start, whether it was a smooth start or a slightly rougher start. But then there will always be that turning point, that aha moment. What was that for you, Bian? The community really gave us such a bonding experience. And then the other thing that happened to me at that Botanic Gardens was the director. I asked him for advice. I asked him, what can I study? And he said, study something that you will never grow tired of. And it's best if you can pursue that. And so I chose botany. And I like that line, study something that you never grow tired of. Yeah, very good advice. How about you, Brian? What's been that turning point for you? Because I know what it's like to work with my family. You know, it's there's a lot of highs, lows and in-between. So you want to share with us what the turning point would have been for you? I think now that my parents are closer to like the retirement age, and for me to think about having to sort of like support them when they retire, it's also partially why I hold on to this career. But apart from that, I think one of the other sort of like turning points is when I started creating contents for recycling the business and people are actually interested to know more about the industry and the ins and outs, like the behind the scenes. Oh, what kind of content? Like um, how we sort out items. On social and, media? Yeah, yeah, on Instagram. Oh, right. So through that, I was able to share the knowledge and also have been invited to sort of like school career fairs to teach children which I thought it was really nice. 
you brought that element to this family business and kind of slowly also add in your own personal style to it. Have you ever had like challenging moments where you are like, I'm going to throw in the towel. I don't think this is for me. I think in everything that you do, sometimes when you face like adversity and hardships, it really challenges your mental state where thinking like, for example, for me, maybe we would have so many ways to sort through and we have been like busy for the past like two weeks. That is usually the time when we think about like, oh, is this really worth it to go through like so much work? So those are the really challenging times. And for us, it's really about being committed and responsible to our customers who has supported us throughout the years. I think, you know, that's a beautiful idea and you're not just a family business, you're not just a Garanguni, you are also working for the environment, for the earth as well. That's a lovely way to reframe challenges towards how you can hold on. Could you share a little bit more about people who are not so supportive? There have been a few times when people were not so supportive, but they came and they went and you have to realise that they have their own point of view and their own fears and insecurities that are driving their dislike of what I was doing. So I was able to work around it. When I start picking up plastic from the beach, you know, my family also was like, huh? Now you're going to put all this rubbish in my house, huh? You know, so that's just one aspect. How about you? I think when people have sort of like judgment against you, it's usually when they're misinformed. And we do get a lot of like uncles and aunties who would ask me like, hey, boy, uh, you got study or not? You drop out, is it? You know, so there's always this kind of like stereotype and thinking that, oh, actually you don't really have education. How do you personally respond to that? For me, I, I just don't entertain them. Because <laughs> I, I, I know that I have a community of like relatives and friends who are really supportive of what I do especially with like my content creation and sharing with the audiences. I think it's very important in life to have your own support system and I'm very happy for that and I always fall back on that whenever I face this kind of backlash or negativity. I think the key word is community and having, you know, like that tribe, like, you know, gets your vibe. So moving from uh, the community towards specific skills, what are the specific skills that you feel, you know, an individual needs to not just succeed but to grow? in your specific industry? For me, it's like perseverance and also being open to learning more of the industry because it's very broad and through those items, I think it's very essential for anyone in any industry to strive forward and towards like their goals. How important do you feel it is to constantly upgrade your skills? It is very important because the world is moving very fast and then there's a lot of like different new like job that arises throughout these couple of years. Especially like a lot of people say like Garanguni is like a dying trade. So I would think of ways of how can I ensure that the occupation never dies so it's really about sharing the message and also finding ways to reach out to more people and to educate them that actually what we do is not because like they are not uneducated and trying to earn money off people. So there's a lot of like innuendos and also like messages within the community and I think that is where we try to bridge it with the general audience. Lovely. Bian, how do you stay relevant as well in the industry that you're in? The science of it changes. Names change, the relationships change. So when there's new species being found and new research being done, molecular work, then I have to keep abreast with that. 
Um, so, so, you know, the usual thing that happens in class is, oh my God, they changed the name of that tree again. And everyone's like, oh no. Oh, the name of? The of... name, the scientific names can change. Oh, right. Based on new scientific research, new, new data. I see. So it's constantly, and then also new species being found here that clarify relationships. Like, you know, in Malaysia, we've got new species coming up. Even in Singapore, we have new species being found. So Of trees or of plants? Of plants. Or... 2015, we had the Singapore ginger. It's, you know, it's quite we a We have large. a Singapore ginger? I didn't even Zingiba know that. Gingiba singaporensi. Oh, I see. Yes. Totally unheard of species that NPART staff found in the central reserves. So this is like amazing things. And then plants which were thought to be extinct. Usually a plant is considered to be extinct if it hasn't been seen for 50 to 80 years. Rediscovered. We thought it was gone, but now we have it again. So all and these... you have to have this like encyclopedic memory of well... all of these things or what would be those skills that it takes to succeed and grow in botany? Just speaking from my experience, it is never losing this curiosity about nature. We still don't know so much about nature and trying to find out, oh, what is that plant, you know? Why does it do that? Why are the flowers yellow? You know, how come there's a fungus growing there together with that tree? So all these things are essential for you to find out you have to have an exploratory nature, a curiosity that wants to explore and find out things. The foundation basically is love and respect for nature and appreciation for nature. Once you have that, then that gives you the motivation to carry on and follow through. The other part of my work now as a teacher is having the skills to teach. And I kind of fell into that. And Parks asked me to teach after I stopped working full-time. And then they required me to do the actor certification. So that was interesting. That gave me a good foundation. But also wanting to be able to impart the skills and the knowledge to students and to participants in a workshop or, or a class. It's one thing to be passionate about the field that you're in. But, you know, trying to teach that is not necessarily a immediate no, progression. No, it isn't. It's not easy to learn how to impart these concepts or share that with people or get people to even absorb that. Yeah. Speaking of skills, a little birdie told me that you are a Skills Future Fellow of 2022. What does that mean? Yeah. It sounds like an extremely prestigious yes. title. Well, yeah, I guess it is. I got a call from one of the NPARCS managers that manages a class that I teach. And she said NPARCS would like to nominate you for the Skills Future Fellowship Award. And I said, oh, wow. Then the whole process was I applied for it and there was an interview and I was successful. So basically, it's I guess I have achieved quite a bit in my work here as a teacher and a botanist. And I've been recognized for it, which is so nice. So there is a monetary award which I'm using for, which all the fellows use for upgrading themselves and learning new things. So you're still actually going for skills upgrading courses? Yeah, I want to take next year probably the Tropical Plant Identification course in Kew Gardens next year. Because that is taught by the experts and that will actually help me both ways. The technical knowledge about the plant families which I'm teaching, tropical plant families and also how they teach it. So I may be able to see how they teach it as well and maybe apply that in my teaching. Oh wow, that's lovely. Yeah. yeah. You just are so absorbed and in love with what it is that you do. It's love, it really is love. It's lifelong love for nature, nature and people. You have to have both also. 
How would you find that love in that Karanguni industry and sustain that passion? I think it really is about spending time to know the industry, the culture. You know, Karanguni they have their own little culture. And the characters. Yeah, I'm yeah, sure the there's characters. some colorful characters there as well. Yeah, yeah. So and and because of that, it makes it very fascinating to be in this industry because we do work with different people and it's very nice to learn because we are all like long-term customers. We We get to spend time with them, and I've been working with them for like eight years now. And you know, like it's almost like friends and family. And we get together despite having sort of like a transactional value, but we still get to know them on a personal basis, which I think is really heartwarming. So, Bian and Brian, it sounds like the more you spend time with the community or within that industry, or the more love you have for the job, or the greater your passion grows. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I can give an example. I volunteered for the Malaysian Nature Society. We did surveys in Johor, and looking at the forest there was like, oh my gosh, gone to heaven! And I already think Singapore is like, oh, quite marvelous. Seeing the diversity and the beauty of the Malaysian forest makes me appreciate Singapore a lot more. It's like we have lost it, but we can get it again. We can find these new species that we have lost. We could reintroduce these species. It gives a deeper appreciation for what we have in Singapore and what we have lost and what we can get. More so, it, the more I learn, the more I appreciate. The deeper the understanding is and the appreciation. I think the main part of why I have decided to do all this it's truly because there's a lot of wastages in Singapore. Like you know, people just buy because they don't know the, how to fix it. Yeah, yeah. I or, don't know how to fix a lot of stuff. Yeah, or even like sometimes the furniture no longer fits their theme at their home, and they decided to you know what I'm just gonna throw it away. So for us, it's really about finding ways to help ensuring all this. Furnishes get a second lease of life, or even like being able to potentially recycle to make it into new items, or like give away as donation. That's why I think your passion about content creation. There are so many versions of this on TikTok where you can see like fixer uppers or like you know like this was waste and now it's turned into something new. That's how you linked your passion in creating this kind of cool content to the job, right? Is that something you consciously thought of, or is that something that just came to you, or it it naturally just evolved that way? I think it naturally just evolves that way because I did dabble in the acting industry for a while, and I do miss like being. On set, and I do love like you know、um, shooting at different angles. I love video editing. So for me to, it's it's also finding ways to motivate myself to go to work. So for me, it sort of like gives me a little bit of like excitement when I get to like shoot all this stuff and also to share the message. I'd love to watch a series about Karanguni uncles and aunties fixing stuff. Yeah, that would be good. <laughs> <laughs> They say that motivation is just like bathing, right? You have to do it every day, or something starts to stink. Finding that love for a job or that consistent motivation can be difficult. So, how do you find that one thing that fills your cup, or what is that one thing that fills your cup? For me, it's just really diving deep into the beliefs that, like you know, the intention and the goals that I've set, despite maybe perhaps not being motivated at certain time of the day or like certain period of the year. It really is about maybe relaxing. Don't be so hard on yourself. Slowly work towards finding that motivation once again when you are ready to go. Bian, what about you? Well, it's all about nature. So for me, connection to nature is what fills me up. So my background is science. 
things, but I've always been interested in the unseen aspects of nature. Mm. How nature can change your mood, heal you even emotionally, energetically. I mean, this gets a bit woo-woo, but people do seem to sense energies from nature, and I like to do that. I have my favourite trees that I will visit, you know, if I need a pick-me-up. Wow. You have your favourite trees to yes, visit. Yes, you have your companion trees. My friend, my good friend, and then the tree will give me energy. Which is this tree? I need to know, you, <laughs> especially you, on a Monday. No, no, no. You, you choose your own. Ah, each of us have. Each of us choose your own. So that's how I fill my cup if I'm not feeling good or if I need some extra motivation. And just seeing a beautiful stone, a crystal, a shell, a leaf, a flower, and that also helps a lot. So let's say right now, um, you know, I'm a person that doesn't know how to deal with stress. Could you talk me through and anybody that's listening as well, what would be that activity or a little activity that they can do to, mm, mm. to, to soak in nature like what you just said? You just said. go to your window and find a little bit of green. Maybe you can hear a bird singing or the bird will come and just connect to nature. Just open your heart and say hi to nature. And nature actually, if you listen hard enough, nature says hi back. There's wild uh, boar just across uh, my, uh, <laughs> my street. <laughs> I'm not too sure I want to hug from that, but not, um, not, not I, I do not enjoy yet. watching them play in the rain. You know, it does inspire me as well. Thank you so much, Bian and Brian, for sharing your stories and your experiences. We hope you are inspired as well to pursue your own passions and fill up your cup in your own ways. Check out the Skills Future Let's Chat podcast series on Spotify for more interesting insights about lifelong learning and skills upgrading. Thanks for listening. Goodbye.